Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Now let's get into the Word of God this morning because I want to share this Word with you and I've called this, Your Faith Will Not Fail. Your Faith Will Not Fail. And I want to speak to you today about the faith of God that is in you and that God has given you a faith that does not fail. God has given to you a measure, His measure of faith. And I think it's important for us to be reminded and I I want us to be reinforced in that which God has given to you, that the faith of God in you will not fail. And so that's where I want to go today. And it should be no surprise to us that if God has given to us His faith, then it should be no surprise to us that at times that faith is challenged, that we go through challenging days, we go through challenging times, we go through times of uncertainty at times, and sometimes the faith that is in us is challenged. And so we'll see in a little minute that Jesus prayed for himself, and he also prayed for one of his own, that this one of his own, that his faith would not fail. And we'll open that up in just a minute because his faith was tested to the limits. I don't know whether you've ever been there, but I feel as though I've gone through times and seasons in my own life where my own faith has been tested to the limits. And the fact that I'm still standing tells me that my faith did not fail. The fact that you are here today tells me that the faith that's in you has not failed, even though you've gone through challenges and tests. And so in the Gospel of John chapter 16, Jesus has just finished speaking to his own disciples. And he told them to take heart because even though um, they would see much, they would experience much, that he was the one that has overcome the world. Now, of course, at that time, it wouldn't have made too much sense to them, which is very much the story of our own lives. Not everything makes sense in the moment. Not everything makes sense when you're in it, when you're going through it. But as you look back in hindsight, you can see that the hand of the Lord was upon you. And so Jesus is preparing his own for his own departure. And in everything that he taught and in the way that he lived... Uh, While he was among them, he was preparing them for the inevitable. Of course, he was going to go to the cross in his own departure. But in everything he taught and demonstrated, he spoke to them about not losing heart, not losing courage, don't lose focus, don't take your eyes off the prize, don't take your eyes off truth. And so no matter how he spoke it out, that was in the message of everything he did and everything he demonstrated. No matter what has been thrown at you, no matter what's been sent your way to weaken your faith or to drain you or even the fiery darts of the enemy. And I want you to know that that is not some mystical language. There is literally an enemy and there are literally fiery darts that sometimes get fired in your direction. But he said, take heart for I have overcome. And because he's overcome, we too are now overcomers. And so a lot of this would make sense in time to come. And he said, I'm turning your grief into joy. And there are people in this room today that you need to know that whatever period of time you've gone through, whatever situation or story has been around your your life, your grief will be turned to joy. There will be a time where you will weep no more through sorrow and sadness, but you will weep for gladness and joy for this is what the Lord has done. 
<clears throat> and then something interesting starts to take place. After he has spoken to them in this way in the Gospel of John chapter 17 verses 1 through to 5, and we'll read that together, um, some things are starting to happen in this chapter and let's read it together. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heavenward and he prayed. And he said, Father, the time has come, glorify your son, <clears throat> that your son might glorify you. And you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all of those that you have given to him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. If you want to know when Jesus was, he always was. He always was before the world began and everything in Jesus' prayer was about finishing the work that the Father gave him to do. So if you want to be a person that glorifies your God while we remain upon the earth, then be a finisher, be a completer, be one that sees through what God gave you to do. Whatever he's put in your hand to do, then do it and be dedicated and committed to finishing that work. We were visiting one of our uh, couples last night and in hospital and, uh, you know, Byron's oncology doctor is an amazing man of God, amazing man of God. He visits all of his patients twice, sometimes in a day, 365 days of the year. And somebody asked him one day and said, have you ever longed to have family and all those other things? He says, the day that I stand before my God, he said, I want my God to know that I completed everything he put in my hand to do. He said, I do not want to stand before my God and know that there was unfinished work that I never put my hand to. Therefore, I can't have the distractions of everything else around my life. And this is the path that I've chosen. I know I'm gifted to do this. I know I'm trained to do this. And I know that this is my calling in life. And so I give myself 100% to my calling. And I tell you what, you know, we are very grateful that he happened to be Byron's oncology doctor. And so if you want to glorify God, whatever God gave you to do, finish it and finish it well and finish it with commitment and finish it with dedication because God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so in the Gospel of John chapter 17, this entire chapter is filled with prayer. And we find three areas here. Number one, Jesus prays for himself and he prays that the Father would be glorified you find it all the way through. I mean, he prays that the Father would be glorified. Secondly, he prays for his own disciples, that they would have a full measure of joy and that they would be protected. And thirdly, then he prays for the crowd of believers, that they would be brought into complete unity through the love of the Father. And so I want to break this open a little bit for us today, and I hope it helps us. I hope it inspires us. And I hope we see something out of this that will take beyond this service today. Number one, Jesus prayed for himself. And as I thought about Jesus, my goodness, the Son of God, the Son of Man, 
praying in a lonely place for himself. I mean, if anyone you would think that just communed with the Father, you know, 24-7, why did he have the need to pray for himself? And sometimes you do have to do that. Sometimes you just have to pray for yourself. Sometimes you've got to pray for yourself and say, God, don't let me take on the battles that you never called me to. If I wasn't called to that field, then don't go there. If I wasn't called to that field to battle that out, then why would I weary and frustrate myself and run out of energy and run out of time and run out of headspace? And all I've done is exhaust me and probably a whole bunch of other people in the process by getting involved in a battle that I was never called to. Don't take up everybody else's fight and everybody else's battles and everybody else's offence. Take up the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. That's the place that we are to go to, whatever that looks like for you. Take up the good fight of faith. And that's an important statement today as we all live in this world, this planet, this generation today that is placing less and less and less importance upon the Bible that is placing less importance upon the house of God, that is placing less importance on the things that you and I might value today. But I want us to be a people at Highway Church that are people like Joshua. That God told him, if you want to be successful and prosperous in all of your way, then put the book of the law before your sight day and night. And don't let it depart from you. If you want to know how to be successful in life, if you want to know how to overcome in life, then there it is right there, that the words of God might be before us day and night, that we would be diligent and committed to what the words of God are. You've got to be your greatest preacher. You've got to be able to preach back to yourself. You've got to be your greatest prophet. You've got to be your greatest worship leader. You've got to begin to worship your God for yourself instead of expecting everybody else to lay it on and feed us and put out the table so that we can all pick and enjoy what we like. But if you want to fight the good fight of faith, you've got to start to be your best preacher, your best prophet, your best worship leader, your best teacher and speak and preach the promises of God back to yourself. And know that every promise of God is yes and amen. You see, faith in God is so important and we know that faith in our God is pleasing to Him. If you want to please your God and glorify your God, then have faith in His Word and finish what He gave you to do. And Jesus prayed for Himself that He might glorify His Father. Secondly, He prayed for those that were closest to Him. And sometimes we need to do that too. And that doesn't mean we just pray for our best friends and the ones we like and the ones we don't like. We leave them on that side of the room and I'll stay with my group. But sometimes you've got to pray for those that have laboured among us. And they may not be on your Christmas card list, but they are the ones that have laboured among us. And they're the ones that have carried the presence of God and they're the ones that have done the journey of life with you either directly or indirectly. And in this case, Jesus prayed for his disciples and he prayed that they would be carriers of the message of the gospel after he was gone, that they would testify of everything they'd experienced and everything that he had done and they were witnesses to what the Lord had done. He prayed for them that nothing would be lost. 
that nothing would be taken, that they would be protected and that they would not lose their why. And I want us to be a church that never loses our why. Why we show up the way we do, why we worship the way we do, why we praise the way we do, why we open up the Bible the way we do, the way we come into a service like this and we pray for our nation or we pray for those that labour among us or we pray for the nations on the earth. Never lose your why. Never lose our why. And he prayed that they even out of the familiarity of doing three years with Jesus, that they would not lose their why and not lose their purpose. And I think sometimes one of our greatest enemies is familiarity. I've seen them around. We've done a lot of life together and we can lose who they are in God and the gift of God upon them and the destiny of God and the calling of God and the value of God upon them. May we never become so familiar with each other that we lose that sense of value of each other. And he prayed that the story of God would be protected in them. And then thirdly, he prayed for the crowd of believers. And I can't help but think that we may have been included in that prayer. The crowd of believers for generations that were still yet to come away off, centuries ahead of time, but he prayed for the crowd of believers that would one day fill and populate the earth with his word, the crowd of believers that would carry the message of the gospel, that they would continue to provide hope and healing, salvation and deliverance, no matter what nation on the earth. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't matter what nation on the earth, the same gospel, the same Jesus heals, the same Jesus delivers, the same Jesus gives hope and future, the same gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter who the messenger is, it is the same Jesus and the same gospel. As we've lifted up our prayers over India, And we will continue to do that. The same gospel that is changing lives here is the same gospel that will bring hope and healing of future to that land. And Jesus prayed for the crowd of believers because they would face opposition. Anytime the gospel is present, there will be opposition, guaranteed. And many have come over the years and tried to cancel and tried to extinguish the gospel tried to burn Bibles and make it illegal to preach, and yet still the gospel finds a way to the human heart. It finds a way into the human heart, and that human heart is saved and born again and carries the power of God, and somehow, so no matter what happens, heaven and earth will pass away, but he said, my words will never, ever, 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 ever pass away. As COVID has hit our globe, the Word of God will not pass away. Many have tried to get rid of the church and get rid of the Bible and get rid of the gospel and it has never succeeded because people like you and I are still here preaching and knowing that the Word of God is life and it is future and it is everything that God said it would be and it is and always will be here. He tried to prepare his people. And he said, you will move into days of doing the impossible in my name. 
They were entering into extraordinary days and church, I feel that we too have entered into extraordinary days. We have entered into days that we don't have full understanding of yet, but we are in extraordinary days. I want to take you into the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 22. I won't read it for time's sake, but they are sitting in a room and they are sitting at a table and they've just had the bread and the cup together. We know now that it was the Last Supper. They've taken the bread, they've taken the cup, and after that, an argument breaks out, a dispute breaks out over who would be the greatest among them. Imagine that. Believers behaving badly after communion. I mean, believers behaving badly after church, after being in the presence of Jesus, after hearing revelation and teaching and things about the Father and the kingdom of God and a argument breaks out about who it is that would be the greatest. Is the greatest one the one that sits at the table or is the greatest one the one that serves? Which one of us is the greatest? And Jesus goes on to say, I have come among you and I serve. Jesus demonstrated what servanthood looks like to come and serve others. But then he also goes on to say this. He said, you are the ones that have stood with me in the trials. You're the ones that stood with me in the trials. And I heard someone say this recently. He said, when the water is being turned into wine, everyone wants to be in the room. When there are miracles happening everywhere, everyone wants to be in the room. When there's hallelujahs and praise the Lord all over the place, everyone wants to be in the room. When people are experiencing the presence of God and the hand of God is everywhere and it feels like this is an exciting place, everyone wants to be in the room, but very few will walk up the hill of suffering with you. Very few will walk up the hill of suffering. And Jesus said to his disciples, you are the ones that have stood with me in the trials. And I challenge as I think about that, that can I remain on track? Can I remain on the path? Can I remain on the course? Whether there is trials or whether there is triumphs, whether I'm in the known or the unknown, whether we're in good days or bad days, no matter what it looks like, may our testimony be, I have finished the race. I have completed what he gave me to do. And I will complete everything that he gave me to do. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 Jesus says this interesting thing to Simon. Let me read it to you. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Simon, um, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And then when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And so what's going on here is Jesus uses this kind of wording. Number one, he's using Satan and wheat together. Satan and wheat. He also gives an indication here that Simon would fall away, but that Simon would come back. And when he comes back, he would strengthen and encourage his brothers. 
When you've gone through something, you've got something to contribute to somebody else. They say, never trust a leader who doesn't have dented armour. But a leader who's got dented armour, they've been through stuff, they've come out the other side and they've got something to add to your life. Anyone who has not gone through a test and a trial and they're trying to give you advice, I would say go to someone who's been through the stuff, who knows what it is to to come through that, to overcome that, to trust God in the day of battle and know what it is to have victory on the other side. And Jesus here is using things like Satan and wheat together. So let's talk about wheat. I lived on a farm where they grew and did stuff with wheat for two years and I knew so little about it other than it was hot and dusty. Gets in the air, but with wheat, when it is sifted, it involves this vigorous shaking. Vigorous shaking and the reason for that is to separate the wheat kernels from the debris. In Bible times, they would throw the wheat up into the air And the wind would blow the chaff away so that what remains is usable. In the book of Ruth, there's a great example of this process that's called winnowing. It was the separation of what was edible, what was usable and what was not. And of course, these stalks of wheat were taken to the threshing floor. And then they would bring in sometimes these large animals like horses or donkeys or oxen or um, cattle and they would bring these large animals in and these animals were placed upon the stalks of wheat and they would go in this circular motion round and round and round and round until, until what was loosened and separated, then the next process could happen. And then the good grain was taken away and it was purified and then it was shaken some more. And it was put through a sieve so that the good could be collected. And so Jesus spoke to Simon Peter in this manner because he knew that Simon would understand this process. And he he spoke to him about wheat and Satan. And he he said, Satan wants to shake your faith so hard so that your faith is damaged and that you will fall away from the kingdom. And what he was showing was this, that there are imperfections, Simon, in your faith. And of course, Simon said, I will never fall away. I will never refuse you. I will never reject you. And we know that in a short space of time, guess who denied Jesus three times? And there was imperfections in Simon's faith. I know there's imperfections in mine too. And I know there's imperfections in yours. And yet I see nothing but grace and acceptance and hope and the love of the Father. So if you feel like you're a person today that's been through some shaking, some separating, some going through a sieve, that it feels like some areas have just been trampled upon you, that I want you to know you're in great company today. You're in the right room. If you feel like your life has been on the threshing floor and there's been some things that have weighed heavy upon you, that there's been a pressure, that there's been a weight, 
there's been some pain, I want you to tell you it's okay. It's okay. God's hand is upon you. And God is separating from us what He wants to use, what will bring Him glory, what He doesn't want us to carry anymore. He is separating the good from that which is not so great. You see, God was after what He could use. Satan was after Simon's faith. But Jesus said these words, and this is what I want to leave with you today. Jesus said to Simon, I have prayed for you and your faith will not fail. So church, whatever that shaking looks like today, whatever that pressure is, whatever that process of going through the sieve where it feels like you've just gone through the biggest time of your life, I want you to know that you have been prayed for. And I want you to know you're in good company today because if ever we go through something like that, you gotta know God loves you. God loves you and He has a future and He has a hope for you. If you're one of those who feel like I'm the dry, I'm the thirsty, then the promises of God for your life are this. He pours water upon the dry. He pours water upon the thirsty and your faith will not fail. Amen. Your faith will not fail. Your faith will not fail. And so if you've got a situation and a story right now, I want you to lift it up before the Lord right now. And we're gonna pray right now that God would move upon that story. It might be a family one. It might be some other thing that you just don't know the outcome of that. Let's just use this moment, this opportunity in this service right now and say, God, I trust you with the outcome of this. I feel like I've gone through some shaking. I feel like I've gone through some things that have been so weighty and so hard to deal with. And I want you just in this last few moments of this service to close your eyes and to think on the Lord Jesus Christ and think about how much He loves you and trust the outcome of God and trust that God will work it out for good. Trust that that one that you're standing in that gap for today that seems so removed and so distant, so disconnected and feels like they've cut off from that place. I'm telling you, God has got an answer for you. And so right now, lift up your hands before the Lord. Say, God, I invite you in. I invite you in. There may be someone right now that has fallen away and we know that Simon did, but not for too long. Not for too long, because he did come back. He did weep and repent and he went on to strengthen and encourage his own brothers. And so Lord, I pray right across this room right now as your people and you know every story, you know every hardship, you know the place of pressure and the place of pain. And Father, right now we join with the prayers that was prayed over Simon, that their faith will not fail. And so Lord, I pray, let there be a wave of encouragement and strengthening of your body right throughout this room and those joining us online today, I pray that God, you've got this and you've got the story and the testimony is ours and the victory belongs to you. And we give you all the praise that you would bring about your outcome. And may you be glorified in it all, I pray. 
I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give God all the praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you.